This is Clutch Cruise. Hey guys, it's Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Cruise Sports. Today I'm joined by Connor and Eric. Yes, I, I did say Eric. He's back here. <laughs> uh, in, a, in a couple episode absence for him, but you know he's contributed his rankings for the past divisions that we've had, and I know he's been busy a lot. So it's it's good to have you back, man. Thanks, man. Yeah, work has been uh, destroying me lately. I mean, it's it's been a good thing, but at the same time, I've just been really tired and not had a lot of time to focus on sports, but um, I'm off right now and ready to go, ready to get back into the podcast, so I'm excited to be back. Yeah, that's that's good for sure. And then today we're going to be talking about the AFC North, but next week, Eric will definitely be on for that episode because that's going to be the AFC South. You know, Eric and I are both Jaguar fans, so we're going to be having a little bit of a debate for the Jaguar segment because we have them finishing at different spots in the division. As I, I told you guys in the last one, Connor predicted our thoughts right for that. So <laughs> we'll talk about he'll that be like too. the mediator. <laughs> like we're it's like we're cousins and we know each other or something. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you're uh, yeah, if you're watching this on YouTube, if when Zach has it on the Skype call, you'll see I've changed my logo to the Jaguars, so I'm I'm ready for ready for NFL. So there it is. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Connor may have to keep Zach. You know, obviously, we're long distance, but he may have to try to contain this debate next week or next episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, but before we get talking about the uh, the AFC North, I do want to bring a bring a point up here we you know we're big fantasy football fans all three of us nathan also is a pretty big fantasy football fan he's not here in this episode but uh we we all really enjoy fantasy football and uh so we've decided to make a clutch career sports fantasy league and it's got all four of the podcasters that you've heard from the past eric connor nathan and myself and we're joined by six of our friends, mainly it's uh, Eric and myself's friends in this uh, in this group, but I do know one of one of uh, Eric's friends here, Alan, uh, in the group. So we are going to be drafting on August 31st, so next Saturday, and we are going to live stream the draft on YouTube. Uh, don't know how many people will get watching our draft, but if you if you can watch it, it'll be pretty fun. And talking to you, my my fifty one subscribers, turn, turn, <laughs> yes. turn out for that. Yep. Yeah, that that'll be a YouTube only thing. We're not gonna not gonna make that like a whole episode for podcasts or anything. But it'll it'll be like a YouTube video yeah. to watch, watching us draft, and we'll all be tune in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll all be uh, we'll all be you know the debating, discussing, trash talking between ourselves for everybody that has Skype in the league. So. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Also coming out next week will be pretty fun. And at the end of this episode, Eric is going to draw for our divisions. Uh, we're going to have two divisions for this league. And the on the screen right now is not going to be the actual divisions. It's just the default ones. But we're going to do a drawing for them uh, live on air. And we're going to have two podcasters be in each division. So... Eric, myself, Nathan, and Connor, between the four of us, two of us will be in each one, balance it out, 
with everybody else in too should be pretty fun and that's going to be something we're going to be bringing up all season all football season long talking about this league uh the matchups and everything so i'm really looking forward to it this is the most like i've looked forward to the league that i've done with eric with his friends uh since i joined it so i'm excited and with that being said guys let's get started with the afc north the rankings that we have Connor and myself both have the same order. We both agree on this division that the Steelers will finish first, the Browns will finish second, Ravens will finish third, and Bengals will finish fourth. The uh, Eric's got the Steelers finishing first, the Ravens finishing second, Browns finishing third, and Bengals finishing fourth. And then Nathan has got the Browns finishing first, Steelers finishing second. Ravens finishing third and Bengals finishing fourth. So a good, you know, diverse group of answers here. It's, you know, the last couple ones we all kind of agreed on. This one we have some order switch ups, but we all have the Bengals finishing last. Uh, sorry, I assume Cincinnati most... fans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, it's going to be a rough season, we predict for you guys, but uh, we'll. You know, we're going to talk about the Bengals second in our lineup here, so. But let's start with the team. Uh, the offense is going to be completely different uh, from what you've seen or what you would think of as an NFL offense. I, You know, they said that Lamar Jackson's going to be you know, they've totally redone this, this play, this offensive uh playbook catered around him obviously because he's a a very gifted running quarterback uh very fast very elusive and really the ravens in the past couple of years have been a run-based team you know even if it wasn't the quarterback because flacco's not really uh, they've definitely utilized their running backs well and they haven't really had elite wide receivers lately and it's going to be really interesting, I think, to watch this team because I've got them finishing third, but they could finish first. You know, this they won the division last year, and I I don't think it's crazy for them to finish first, but I do think they'll finish third. I think last year they did benefit a little bit from Lamar Jackson coming in and teams not expecting you know, his style of play, not really preparing for it. The reason I've got them finishing third is I think now that there's tape on him, there's pro tape on him, that teams are going not necessarily figure it out and completely stop it, but I feel like they're going to be better prepared to stop this team. And they've got some strengths. They've got some weaknesses offensively. I think their weaknesses are similar to last year's with their receiving core. I don't think is very great. Uh, they've got a lot of rookies in the back end of their depth chart here, with Marquise Brown being their first pick from last year. Uh, sorry, guys, if you hear some loud noises. <laughs> uh, it just got you know, louder. There, uh, Right now, there's people working on the roof of my apartment, so I can't control or do anything about it. But hopefully it's not too bad, and hopefully they keep it down a little bit. But uh, <laughs> And then this offensive line is... Uh, they're a you know a big tall group of offensive linemen. These guys are 
pretty tall. Orlando Brown's huge. Uh, they, I think this offensive line's pretty good. Not the best offensive line, but def- definitely not the worst. Marshall Yonda, you know, he's you keep expecting him, his production, his play level to decrease, but he's actually been pretty, pretty well for him recently and why he's still on the team. Uh, but he's an older guy. They've got some younger guys too. I think it's a, I think it's a good offensive line. Their tight ends are, this is where I disagree with uh, our lads on this, you know, part of the Ravens one. I think Mark Andrews is going to be the starter, and then I think Hayden Hurst will be the backup, and then Nick Boyle. So I disagree with their tight end depth chart predictions here, but uh, it's a good tandem of tight ends, don't get me wrong, and that's something that's going to be useful, you know, to have blocking tight ends who can go out and and catch, you know, passes, quick passes from Lamar Jackson. So they're going to be vital to this offense, more so, I think, than their receivers are going to be. Uh, Fantasy-wise, I wouldn't really trust many of these receivers to to be taken in the high rounds, maybe later rounds. Pick a guy like Marquise Brown as a rookie who you don't know. He could be a star. Um, Mark Ingram will be their starting running back, but they've got a group behind him that can carry carry the load for him when he's not playing. Uh, and then defensively, this team is very stout still. They lost a couple of pieces in the offseason, but they did gain Earl Thomas. Uh, the secondary is very good. Two good corners, two good safeties. Uh, the linebackers are going to be different this year. No Terrell Suggs on the outside, but I still think Michael Pierce can is one of the best nose tackles in the game, and he'll be a great run stopper and so I mean I, I'm saying a lot of great things about the Ravens but this division I think is going to be pretty tough to win with the other teams in in it and I think they'll finish third they could finish first though they could definitely make the playoffs but I'll give them you know third is the their floor though They're, I don't see them finishing fourth at all so I've got them their floor maybe six wins if if it goes really bad for them but and then their ceiling I think could be 10 or 11 and making the playoffs maybe winning a playoff game and then that'll be it for them but curious for your guys thoughts on the Ravens well the Ravens for me it's all going to be the offense is going to be what's going to be wrong with the team this year because yeah the defense like you mentioned is really stout I mean there are some question marks when it comes to the linebacking core I mean because Pernell McPhee is a decent edge rusher but the loss of Terrell Suggs and more so than Terrell Suggs the loss of CJ Mosley in the offseason I think is going to hurt them a lot you know it we saw what happened when the Steelers lost their lost Ryan Shazier when you lose your middle linebacker like your captain on the defense it tends to not go too well so but I mean yeah I agree the secondary is still fantastic and um, the defense is going to be what's going to carry them but on the offensive side I like the Mark Ingram pickup I mean he's he's a good running back he's a hard-nosed runner he's going to get you the yards that you need I just don't see where the offense is going to come from the rest of the team I think there's enough tape on Lamar Jackson now that you know, I think we saw it last year in the playoff game against the Chargers where they game-planned perfectly for him. I mean, Lamar Jackson couldn't go anywhere 
when they were playing against the Chargers. So, I mean, maybe against a weaker defense, that still won't matter. But I think there's enough tape and enough game. Enough. The teams are well aware of what they're going to do now. And obviously, another issue with Lamar Jackson is the injury factor. He's a really small quarterback. And to play the style of quarterback that he does, it's he's going to be taking a lot of hits. And I'm not sure his body can hold up to that. He's not like, you know, Cam Newton, who's 6'5 and 240 pounds, you know, running the ball around. Lamar Jackson's a small guy. So, and the other problem for them is that if Lamar Jackson gets hurt, they've got Robert Griffin III as the backup, who is a man of glass, as we've all seen. He gets injured, like, every single year. I think he's injured right now, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, somehow, even not playing, he's going to get injured. Yeah, so... (laughs) Uh, that I think that's going to be an issue. And then obviously the receiving core, when your projected top two wide receivers are Willie Sneed and Seth Roberts, um, that's not good. So, I mean, Willie Sneed is not, he's decent, but he's not built to be a number one wide receiver, which is where he's projected right now. So uh, if Marquise Brown doesn't step up, then I have no idea who Lamar Jackson is going to throw to outside of, you know, the tight ends. And Lamar Jackson's already not the greatest passer in the world anyway. So that's the reason why I have them finishing third is mainly the offense. Like the defense can only carry you so far. We saw that last year with Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo had the number two defense and the number one pass defense, but only finished like six and 10 because the offense couldn't get anything going. So I, I mean, Again, a floor, they're not going to fall below Cincinnati. So, like, you know, maybe six wins or so. But I do agree with Zach that I wouldn't be surprised if they did win the division, just given how unpredictable the AFC North has been over the past, you know, 10 years or so. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they won. I'd give them probably, probably 10 wins as a ceiling. And I think they could win a playoff game just because of the experience that John Harbaugh has coaching in the playoffs. And that's one thing that Zach didn't mention is they have a really good coach in John mm-hmm. Harbaugh. There's a lot of Ravens fans out there that have been calling for them to fire John Harbaugh, but I, uh, silly. I that, <laughs> yeah, it's really silly. I don't know why they'd want to do that. He's probably, he's one of the top head coaches in the league right now. So, uh, and, and they have probably the best special teams too in the league with, uh, with, with Justin, Justin yeah. Tucker. Yeah. And yeah, and Harbaugh's got that background too, so you know his his special teams is going to be good. They take that right. pretty seriously. So yeah, since we've talked about kickers <laughs> in the past, I mean Justin Tucker is probably him and Steven Goskowski are probably the two best kickers in the league right now. So I mean, there's no one there's no one else I'd want to make that last second game winning mm-hmm. field goal than Justin Tucker. So yep. that's not going to be an issue for the Ravens. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'll let Eric give his thoughts on Baltimore. Yeah, and for those of you that listen to this, that comment about John Harbaugh, like that came from a Steelers fan, folks. So that <laughs> let you know that uh, there's no bias. <laughs> he, he is a good, co- yeah. He's not a. Ra- this is from, coming from a person that hates the Ravens. That would probably yeah. love for John Harbaugh to get fired. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I was I was the one that had the Ravens finishing second and. The guys have brought up a lot of great points. I mean, I don't have too much to add to this, but for me, 
this division is really hard to predict. It's really weird because it's like between the Ravens, the Steelers, and the Browns, like on paper, all three of these teams are like very solid teams, but at the same time, they all have serious question marks that make made it hard for me to predict like which team was going to win the division because you know with the Ravens like the guys are talking about the main thing that's going to make them either be a potential division winner or a potential team to not even make the playoffs it's it's all going to depend on how Lamar Jackson does in his second year so either he's going to have to change his play style a little bit like hopefully he did a lot of work in the offseason on getting better with his accuracy and pocket presence and things like that because if if they completely rely on his mobility they're going to be screwed I mean that there's been a history of this in the NFL where a mobile quarterback comes into the league and they do really well their first year and everybody thinks like that that guy's going to be the next Michael Vick or something. But then the next year, either they keep playing well, but then they get injured or teams figure out how to stop them and they regress. Usually it's one or the other. So Lamar Jackson needs to prove that he has the ability to improve his game and not just completely rely on, you know, running with him is, you know, a lot because teams are going to figure that out real quick. I mean, like Connor said, the Chargers, they shut him down pretty well in that playoff game last year. And if he keeps playing like that, then this could be a really bad year for the Ravens. But I, at the same time, still had the Ravens finishing second because my question, as I said, I had question marks with the Steelers and the uh, Browns. And my question for the Browns, which I know we're going to be covering them here in a little bit, but they have a lot of talent on paper, but they is there going to be a lot of drama involving, you know, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham? I mean, they they have some hotheads, you know, on that team. So if something, you know, starts to go wrong, is it going to blow up and get crazy or are they going to be able to overcome it and you know, showcase their talent. And then with the Steelers, the question I have, I mean, obviously they didn't have Le'Veon Bell last year, but, you know, with no Le'Veon Bell and now no Antonio Brown, it's like, are they going to be able to, you know, push through that and still prove that they can win the division? But I picked the Steelers to win the division because I ultimately feel like they're going to be able to overcome the lack of Le'Veon Bell and lack of Antonio Brown issue more than the Ravens are going to, I guess I trust the Steelers more in that situation than I trust the Ravens to get better with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. So I know we're going to kind of cover some more of these questions as we go on, but I wanted to give like my Mm -hmm. overall thoughts because really that's my reasoning for why I don't have the Ravens winning the division, but yeah, it, this is going to be. I mean, this is this division overall is just going to be really interesting in general because there's a lot of factors that are going to go mm-hmm. into how these teams do. Yeah. So really quickly here before we move on to the Bengals, uh, are the Ravens a top five fantasy defense? 
In my opinion, they are. Uh, I think I would probably put them as the second or third best defense in fantasy. And my reasoning is not only are they do they have a good defense, but I feel like combined with the offense, this is going to be a really good team to pick for your fantasy leagues because the offense of Baltimore is very run run heavy based and that chews up clock that makes the game go by quicker and the I just feel like they're gonna have a lot of long drives on offense and it's not gonna be like a team like the Chiefs where they can like score in one play. I think they're gonna be a grinded out team. And then also defensively they are really good in the red zone. They give up field goals but they don't give up as many touchdowns. Uh so kinda like the bend don't break philosophy like that you've heard before so i i think they're they're for sure a top five defense i'd say two or three you could put the debate there with chicago being one so yeah i would i'd probably have to agree that they're a top five fantasy defense because although i don't think they're going to generate like the sacks and the takeaways that i mean chicago obviously generates those but you know some of the other teams you know, I don't think they're going to generate the sacks and the turnovers that other teams will, <laughs> but they're so good at not giving up points, and that is a lot of the battle when it comes to fantasy defenses. Yeah. I mean, if you can get a fantasy defense that is going to get you eight or ten points alone just off of, you know, not giving up points, you know, that's already really good. And so if you throw in a sack or two here and maybe an interception, then you're all, you're going to get double-digit points all the time. I've, I've always said I'm with I'm happy with 10 points for, for defense. I've always, that's always right. been my belief. So yeah, yeah, because I mean, there's certainly times when defenses can get negative points. So they're the one position in fantasy that on a, that it gets negative points the most often. So if you can get 10 points out of a defense, that's good. And yeah, up there with Chicago. And I know Zach, you had a thing pulled up earlier on like the top fantasy defense. Yeah, yeah. And there was one thing I want to mention when I was looking at that, if I was looking at it right. So I know we're not talking about the AFC East anymore, but I have no idea how they can't put the Buffalo Bills at least in the top eight. I don't know. If you look at the top ten, who's who's below Cleveland? And, yeah, so uh, I have no idea how, yeah. The number or the Eagles. Two, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but the Buffalo Bills were the mm-hmm. number two defense last year, number one against the pass, and you have them ranked 13th. Uh I'm not sure how that works, but okay. <laughs> I, I don't. I Man, completely disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, no, I completely disagree with that. I have no idea why. I mean, same with the Eagles too. Both of those supposedly this. I'm not going to try and hurt on them too bad, but this is supposedly the number one fantasy football podcast we're looking oh, yeah. at here. <laughs> and it says it right there in the top left. Yep. And they have yeah, Buffalo and Philadelphia outside the top. I'm not saying yeah. that they should be t- that they should both be top five, but they should at least be top ten. I yeah, I, mean, I agree. I'd move them up. I'd move uh, New England and New Orleans and Seattle all down. I'd, I'd put. Those, I, I'd move. Yeah. I'd move Cleveland a little bit down. I, I wouldn't put. Yeah. Uh, if you go up to the, I wouldn't put Minnesota in the top five yet, just because mm-hmm. they were supposed to be like number two last year, and they didn't perform. So I'm not sure you can quite like. I do agree they should be top ten. But mm-hmm. just off of last year and how they completely underperformed, I don't trust them to be that good yeah. again this year. So, 
Yeah, a little mini rant there. Um, <laughs> yeah, they, they, got, they got my Jags at number two, so I can't. I know, really I like that. <laughs> but I, I mean, for, I can't. I can't argue that the Steelers aren't a top ten defense. So they're <laughs> yeah, how far down? Are, how far 17. down are you, Steelers? No, yeah. I mean, I mean, in terms of points, yeah, we give up points, but we do get. I guess mm, we got the most sacks in the league last year, but yeah, I, I do agree we're not top ten. So. <laughs> And yeah. I just want to see real quickly, the worst is Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> no yeah. surprise. I, I don't know if I'd put the Bengals last, but I'd probably put the Buccaneers last. But uh, but anyways, we can debate this another day, guys. <laughs> let's, yeah. yeah, let's go on to the Bengals here. I'm just going to, before you go on to the Bengals, I'm just going yeah. to say the, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say this because I might be giving away my fantasy football strategy, you know, since we haven't drafted yet, but... Uh, I agree with both of your responses about the Ravens defenses or uh, Raven defenses. The Ravens defense, yeah, they have, wow, they have two. They have two defenses, guys. Wow, right that's now. pretty good. <laughs> but um, I agree with your comments regarding the their defense. But I'm not going to be drafting them because I just don't like to pick defenses really early, and I know like a lot of people do, and. I usually either stream like a defense every week or it or I'll pick like two defenses like near the like at the with like two of my last picks and then like rotate those two defenses or something like I don't I don't I don't splurge like an early round pick on you know like a Chicago or Jacksonville you mean you're not going to be like Uncle Steve and take Jacksonville in like the fourth round yeah I know you're not (laughs) going to Course, but yeah, gonna, he took them pretty high last year. <laughs> yeah, you're you're not going to see that. I just most of the time, whatever most years, whatever defense is rated projected to be like the top one and two defenses usually don't finish there anyway. So it's usually like a team that's projected a little farther down that ends up surprising. So uh, for me, picking defenses is almost similar to picking a kicker in just the sense that it's kind of a crapshoot and. I don't know. So while I agree that the Ravens probably will be a top five fantasy football defense, I most likely will not be drafting them. All right. Good to know. <laughs> no, hopefully Zach and Connor take too much notes on that. <laughs> oh, I was writing everything down. Zach's going to be scout. Zach's continuing his scouting of me. He always, Zach always scouts me every year. Like he, I don't, I don't even know how he knows. Cause sometimes I won't even be talking to him and he'll be like, Eric, I bet you are high on this guy, and then like I end up drafting him. I'm like, how did you know, man? Like, God, <laughs> are you a psychic or something? Like, I don't know, man. No, he, I'm. I've kind of eased up on that on the scouting thing, and and I've also you know shared some of my thoughts too in the the last episode about uh, Nicole Harbin. <laughs> so I, I, think, I, I think I think I'm the only one that hasn't shared my draft picks yet. <laughs> I mean, they all they all know. I got the first pick in our family league this year, so they all know like who I'm debating between. But you know, yeah. all right. So uh, <laughs> moving on to the Bengals here, you know this is a pretty bad team. Like usually in each division, <laughs> I mean, usually in each division, there's that one team that uh, that you know is not going to win it. There's a couple exceptions to that, but. The the Bengals are the team for this division that you know we're not going to win it. Uh, they they finally moved on from the Marvin Lewis era, so there's Best a chance they, they could win. A, <laughs> the, 
there's a chance they could win a playoff game now, but uh, probably not this year. <laughs> <laughs> <Damn>. uh, <laughs> no, when you look at this team, I don't want to talk about it too much, but the uh, obviously we'll talk about Andy Dalton, but my thing with this team is that their be- the problem I see with the Bengals is that their best players are older players. Uh, A.J. Green's getting up there in years, and obviously he's injured right now. He's had injuries before, but he's their biggest name offensive player. And then defensively, uh, Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, you know, they you know they were drafted here in 2010, so they're getting up there in age. So the big problem I see with this team is they don't have a great young core. They've got their best players are older players, and there's a couple exceptions to that, but that's just not a good situation to be in when you're a team. You want to have younger guys that are that are really good, and that's just the problem with this team uh, is that they, I just don't think they have that much young talent, which means that they're probably not going to be competitive for a couple of years until they get, you know, I think a new quarterback in Andy Dalton and rebuild. Yeah, for sure. They're, they're not the, but I don't think they're rebuilding now, but they're in need of a rebuild because I don't even think that this is groundwork for a rebuild. Really. I think you've got to get rid of AJ green eventually. And some of these older players to really start a rebuild, but they're definitely in that position. And, it's unfortunate for them too. Jonah Williams, their first round pick, is not gonna. I don't think he's. I think he's gonna miss the whole season with an injury. So, you know, that's their offensive line's been pretty porous uh, as well. And of course, Tyler Eifert. You know that that guy's a walking injury. <laughs> um, yeah, he's always hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he's uh, killed me a few times. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I do want to want to give a shout out real quick here to Quentin Flowers. Honestly, you know I don't know why they changed his position to be a running back because for those of you guys who don't know, he's he was a uh, he was the quarterback for USF, and you know he has all the USF passing records. Like he he owns all of the offensive like passing yards, passing yards in a game, uh, total yards quarterback but still I always thought not like a star quarterback or anything I didn't think he'd you know get to be a a top pick but I thought for sure that that he would be like in a backup quarterback role or a backup quarterback battle but they have him as a Jeff Driscoll I mean my god (laughs) (laughs) but they've got uh they've got him as a running back on their team he's kind of like a you know a position change sort of guy but you know, if I was running the Bengals, man, I would put him at quarterback and see what I've got because I, I mean, I've got bias, but I still think he's, I still think he could be a good quarterback. But, but that that name there kind of caught my eye there, so I wanted to, I wanted to bring him up because I know about him. But the Andy Dalton dilemma, uh, he's under contract for this year and next year, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. I think everybody expects him to play out this year. They don't have any plans on on uh, 
on changing that. But then for next year, uh, if they do decide to release him before June 1st, there's no dead cap. So his guaranteed money has been paid out. So they have, you know, they can move on from him after this year or trade him if they want. And the question that I have kind of for you guys is, is this Andy Dalton's last year? Or do you think, do you think he's on the team next year? And then if he is on the team, do you think he plays? Mm, Well, I mean, I think, I don't think it's his last year. I think, I mean, you talk about the Bengals being in need of a rebuild. I do think that next, possibly this, you know, next draft, they are going to be looking for a quarterback. I don't know if they're going to be the worst. I don't know if they're going to be competing for a first, like the first pick, but I do know Zach recently sent a picture to our group chat of like the odds on each team winning the Super Bowl. And Cincinnati was tied for last in that discussion with Miami. They were both 200 to one. So I don't know if they're going to be competing for a first pick, but I do think they're going to be looking for a quarterback. And if they don't get that high draft pick, then I think it's going to be necessary for them to keep Dalton because I mean, he's not going to light the world on fire, but he's, he's serviceable. He's, he's, I think I've always kind of thought of Andy Dalton as like the measuring stick for quarterbacks in the league. Like if you're, if you're better than Andy Dalton, then you're good. And if you're worse than Andy Dalton, then you're pretty bad. So he's kind of like right there, just like the average. (laughs) Yeah, he's like the middle of the road average quarterback of the league. So, yeah, I don't think it's his last year. I do think they're going to be looking for quarterbacks next season that, you know, and I think he'll probably stick around as like a, you know, a mentor type role. But I think he'll still be the starter, at least until his contract runs out. Yeah, I I agree, although I kind of – feel like it probably should be his last season I mean honestly like if I'm the Bengals they've already had injuries on the offensive side like AJ Green's going to miss multiple games there's their you know their number their first round draft pick on the offensive lines out for the season like I mean I know you're not supposed to like taint games or whatever but (laughs) this team needs to tank I mean they need to get the number one overall pick so they can get, you know, whoever's going to be the best college overall quarterback and then to be ready to start right away. Because even, even though Andy Dalton doesn't have any like guaranteed money, they could cut him and you know, not lose anything by next year, but I'm sure they could find a team that needs a quarterback and they could probably trade for him or trade him and try to maybe at least get some draft picks out of it. And, I agree with Zach, too, that, I mean, they, like, A.J. Green, they should probably trade. Geno Atkins, they should probably trade. Like, whoever they have that's, like, got, like, a really, you know, high salary that's, like, an older veteran that's not going to contribute towards a rebuild, like, they should probably trade. Because if they keep these guys and keep finishing, like, mediocre, middle of the pack, like, you know, say maybe, like, the seventh to twelfth worst teams, they're not getting that top pick. And so they yeah, they might still get somebody good, but they need to get an elite quarterback and then start rebuilding around in the draft and then start rebuilding around that. 
because you see what happens with some of these teams. I know the Jaguars went through this for a long time where every year, you know, instead of finishing like two and 14 and getting the number one overall pick and being able to get like an Andrew Luck or something, we finish like six and 10 and get like the eighth to 10th pick and end up, you know, getting somebody that, you know, hasn't, you know, hasn't helped. Or we get like a Blaine Gat, we trade up and get a Blaine Gabbard or somebody that, that fails. And then we had, <laughs> we had to rebuild for, we've rebuilt it for 10 years before we finally had a good year. Like as much like to compare this to basketball, like as much as I hate what happened with the Oklahoma city thunder, like I know they're going to suck next year. They're at least in going to be having a the better, bad taco with you, Eric. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, yeah. Once the NBA season starts, Connor and I are going to eat that taco and, go for a walk in spirit and read a book. But <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about, go back and you can find it in an old podcast episode. But but at least I know that the Thunder in the future should be okay because they have so many draft picks. They trade it when they traded away uh, Paul George, they at least got a you know pretty young player from the Clippers and Shy Gilgis Alexander. Like so they've got they at least have and if they can trade Chris Paul later in the future, whenever a team needs a point guard or something like, then they'll get even more picks. Like they at least have a future with all these picks. Whereas if you do like what Connor's Hornets are doing and they have all these older <laughs> expensive guys that they're not going to win games with, you know, they don't have, you know, the anywhere near the draft pick capital that the Thunder have. They're screwed long term, and that's what happens to these teams when they refuse to rebuild when the signs are there that they need to rebuild. So if Cincinnati, you know, wants to turn this around, you know, they already went and got a new coach, which I think is good because it was they've been needed to do that. Yeah, but you know, they do have they have you know you know if Jonah Williams can come back healthy, I think Tyler Boyd's a good young receiver. Joe Mixon's a good young running back. They've got a few pieces that they can start with and then try to rebuild and get some more draft picks and get some younger talent in there and start it now. Just to face it now that you're going to suck and try to <laughs> try to fix it for the future. Like, I don't know. Like Bengals are like a – they're like – I mean, they're a neutral team for me, but I don't know. After I was doing a playoff pool with our family one time and Zach's dad said he was picking the Bengals in a – uh, playoff game. Oh, yeah. I that funny thing, yeah, where I'm like, man, I really want the Bengals to win a playoff game now. Like, <laughs> and I don't even know if your dad remembers that if he listens to this, but we were on a one of our family retreats and we're like, hey, I think it was the Bengals. I don't, God, I don't even remember who they were playing, but maybe the Chargers or something. And, uh, probably, probably the Texans. I think it was the Bengals and maybe Texas. the Texans. Yeah. We we're like, who you got? And Uncle Steve was like, give me the Bengals. So <laughs> like ever since then, like, and that's Susan's like first memory of him. So like, ever, I, I, I low key, like kind of been, you know, sort of secret, not like secretly rooting for him, but like, if they're like in a playoff game against another neutral team, I'm like, come on Bengals, you can do this. And then they never do. <laughs> uh, because but, uh, that that's, if we ever mention uncle Steve to Susan, we just got to mention, mention Bengals and she'll know who we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, like, who are you talking about? Bengals. Oh, it's Uncle Steve. Okay. <laughs> but I know I've, I guess this is kind of like my rant for the episode. I didn't really have like a rant awesome. topic planned, but, you know, <laughs> but I would like to see the Bengals be able to turn it around. But they have to, they have to admit 
that they don't have a good team. And I mean, they're already losing some of the good players that they do have to injury. Like they, they need to blow this thing up like ASAP. So I guess to fully answer Zach's question, now that I'm finally getting back around to that, I've been going around in circles a lot here. (laughs) I do apologize. (laughs) But uh, I do think Andy Dalton is going to be on the team next year, maybe like in a mental role, like Connor said, but I don't know if they should do that. I think, they need to see it. if there's any way they can get like, you know, a couple of draft picks for him or something like I would trade him. That's what I would do. But maybe I, if, you know, if I'm not getting any offers, then maybe I keep him. But otherwise, like if I can get some draft picks for him, like, you know, goodbye, Andy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> would you, uh, would you, play real. Quentin, would you play Quentin Flowers over him this year? Change Quentin Flowers back to a quarterback and, and play him? Not over Andy Dalton, but, but I mean, <laughs> But I mean, Jeff Driscoll, like, he's not good. Like, I, I mean, they're why they wouldn't even give Quentin Flowers a shot to see like what he could do, like to see if maybe he could be the backup or something. Like, I mean, I didn't know who he was until Zach mentioned this, so I, you know, I haven't seen him play or anything. But uh, what I do know is that Jeff Driscoll is not good. So I. <laughs> Why you wouldn't give him at least a shot? I don't. Maybe they did and he didn't work out. I I don't know. But but then you've also got him sitting there at fifth string running back, so that's not he's not doing any good there either. Yeah. But I don't know. But anyway, I will I will transfer the mic now. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was uh, that was interesting, uh, Eric. Yeah. You know he's always you know pro you know blowing it up and rebuilding. I think from my experiences with with him and video games and, and you know debating sports <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, man, we started a uh, we started a two K franchise where we took you know two of the worst teams. So Zach had the Knicks and I took the Cavs. And the very first thing I did was I traded Kevin Love. So <laughs> well, you say, Eric, those are the two worst teams, but there's some you know some people might put them in playing against each other in the championship game. Oh, God. I wasn't going to mention that. But yeah. You know, for, 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 forget the fact that they're both Eastern Conference teams, you know? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, guys. Uh, maybe, maybe I should make well, some well, kind of bet. Maybe I should make some kind of bet where, like, if the, if the Cavaliers and Knicks meet in the Eastern Conference finals that I have to, like, put something crazy as my Twitter avatar or something or, <laughs> or I, or I, or I have to come on a podcast and admit something crazy or something. I don't know. Like I might, if that I, happens, I, I, think do, I would feel pretty <laughs> secure about this. If that happens, I, I, we've all lost our sense of, uh, reality and stuff. <laughs> yeah. If that, uh, if that Make it the conference finals. We're all terrible podcasters. So. Apparently, R- apparently, RJ Barrett was better than Zion Williamson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right, man. guys. Uh, so, so now going on to the Browns. This is the team that Connor and I have them finishing second. Eric's got them finishing third. Nathan's got them finishing first. So, obviously, the the Browns. You could you know say is the team that had the best off season by adding, you know, stars and stuff. But the thing with the Browns is going to be, is are all these stars, you know, that was the question I have for the Browns here uh, is, 
will the drama outweigh the talent? And you're looking at the two biggest pictures of the drama right here on the on YouTube, uh, Odell Beckham and Baker Mayfield, because, you know, obviously we all know Odell's had his moments in New York, and Baker, while I think he handled himself okay last year uh, playing for the Browns, and in college he had, you know, quite a few incidents with other schools where he had some questionable behavior and they have a first year head coach, Freddie kitchens, you know, it's his first time being a head coach. He was the offensive coordinator interim head coach last year. And is he going to be able to handle all these personalities on this team? Because this team is littered with, you know, people like that. And then another piece of the puzzle too, Jarvis Landry, who's like Odell Beckham's like brother from LSU. He's his teammate. But the thing with Jarvis Landry is he's a he's a high volume catch guy. You know, he doesn't have very a big um, uh, yards per catch, but he catches, you know, he's always at the top of the league and in, in catches. He he'll get uh, all the, you know, a lot of catches for short yardage, but he'll he'll just catch the ball a lot. And is that going to anger Odell Beckham Jr., even though they're, like, best friends or whatever? You know, Odell's a guy that, you know, needs the ball in his hand. He, you know, Eli felt practically forced to throw it to him all the time in New York. And obviously the talent is there. That's a pretty talented duo of receivers. And then the whole thing with the running backs, Kareem Hunt with his off-the-field issues bringing into the team, you know, that when he comes back, that's going to be like a, a potential distraction from after his suspension is up. And then how is, how are they going to deal with, you know, shuffling him and Nick Chubb out in the, in the lineups. Uh, and then defensively they're when they're draft picks, greedy Williams, another LSU guy, you know, as soon as he got drafted, he said the Browns are in the Super Bowl and that he's like the best cornerback in the league or something like that. I can't remember exactly <laughs> what it was, but it was something kind of crazy like that, where it was like, you know, you're, you know, considering you just got drafted and are a rookie who's never played before, these are some pretty bold statements. You know, it's one thing to be optimistic and, you know, and stuff like that, but it's another thing to be kind of, you know, reckless with his predictions to giving other teams motivation. And, you know, you can, you know, another Jaguars example, Jalen Ramsey from last year with his, you know, when he came out saying all these quarterbacks were trash and everything, you know, it wasn't the smartest idea to do. It brought drama, it brought distractions to the team, and they're never good. Even though you have the talent, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win all these games. And so that, I do think that the, that the drama is going to outweigh the talent here because I, you know, I've still got on finishing second. They're still going to win games based on their talent, but if things start going wrong, you know, they might lose a couple games because of the drama and you, you can't afford to do that in this league. Every game is valuable. And while I certainly think they got better, this isn't the Browns team that went 0 16 at all, but you know, they have their quarterback. They have pretty good defensive pieces. Miles Garrett, uh, Olivier Vernon from the trade. Denzel Ward was really good last year. You know, they have a good good team here, but I'm just not sure that there's a head coach that 
is going to, you know, if they had a proven head coach that's dealt with situations like this before, I might feel okay about it. But just from the stuff that's happened in training camp and the preseason and stuff with Odell being there sometimes, not being there other times, I just don't think this team is cohesive and really a team yet. So for that reason, I've got uh, I've got them finishing second. Yeah, well, Cleveland, Cleveland, Cleveland. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) there is a chance that they could just turn back into the Cleveland Browns. I mean, you know, it's one of those things that I wouldn't be surprised if this team won the division and then won a couple playoff games, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they just completely crashed and burned. I mean, again, they are the Cleveland Browns, but (laughs) I'm, yeah, just, just the drama is too much to handle I think you know unless they had like I think Zach made a good point about the head coach I mean Freddie Kitchens has been trying to take charge I I saw something about where like he made the whole team run like uh I can't remember what they were called they were like suicides or something like that at training camp because there was like a brawl between two guys in camp or whatever so he's been trying to take charge but I don't know if he can control the egos of Odell Baker. I mean, Baker's already been outspoken in training camp. There's already been issues with that. Like he was calling people out for stuff and they were, you know, some of his teammates were getting upset. Like, okay, you're not the guy yet. You know, it's not like you're Ben Roethlisberger or Phillip Rivers or Drew Brees. Like you're the established leader on this team. Like you're not there yet. You've only been here for a season. You're not the guy. So calm down. Um, Yeah. And so, I, if you got the defense for me, I'm going to get back to the offense in a little second, but the defense for me, the defensive line is really good. I mean, Sheldon Richardson and Miles Garrett are, and Vernon, Olivier Vernon are really good. So that's a strong suit. The linebackers are a bit of a question mark. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think I've heard of any of these guys. I think I've heard of Christian Kirksey. I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, yeah, but, uh, bit of an issue there and then the, the secondary is good Denzel Ward I can safely say that Morgan Burnett was not a good idea uh judging by how he was in Pittsburgh last year he like we brought him in to be the starting free safety and he was like immediately injured and then the couple games he did play he sucked so we just went back to Terrell Edmonds so um not sure about that move but I mean Terrence Mitchell's decent Demarius Randall so this defense can take them places but back to the offense, I know you mentioned the whole Kareem Hunt thing. I mean, he's got that eight-game suspension. I did confirm it was eight. I thought it was yeah. ten, but it's eight. I think it originally was ten, and then he appealed it and got two games taken off. Yeah. I say, so. And so, but yeah, how are they going to split time with Nick Chubb? Because Nick Chubb, he can be a running back by committee. I mean, we saw it last year, him and I can't remember who, who was who was it that they had last year. Right here. Yeah, that's that's right. Him and Hyde and then like Duke Johnson also. I think I think getting rid of Duke Johnson was good because otherwise we'd be talking about more drama on the team because Duke Johnson (laughs) was stirring up problems. So at least they got rid of one small drama problem. But yeah, with Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt is he's meant to be an every down back. I mean, we saw him in Kansas City. He was a beast. I mean, I still am really salty towards him for ruining my fantasy season last year because he punched his girlfriend in the face or whatever, and then got immediately kicked off the team or immediately suspended or whatever. And, you know, there go there went my best running back. So thanks, Kareem. Um, I don't see an apology from him either. Le'Veon Bell apologized, but Kareem Hunt has not apologized. 
I think he, I think he apologized for his action, but I don't think he apologized. For, you know, he didn't apologize for the fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then the offensive line, the offensive line's a bit of a question mark for me. Like Greg Robinson's a decent tackle, but I mean, I watched Chris Hubbard in Pittsburgh, and he was not very good. And then I haven't even heard of the guards and center. So I'm not sure good this offensive line is. I mean, I know David Njoku is pretty good at tight end, but I don't know how many holes they're going to be able to open up for. I mean, Chubb and Hunt are both. They can run downhill, especially Hunt. He'll get you yards if you need it, but can they protect Baker Mayfield? And finally, on to the wide receiver issue. If you guys remember in the last podcast, because I made my bold prediction on the Jets with the kicker, Zach asked me to make a bold prediction for this episode. And if you guys remember, I said that by the end of the year, one of the two between Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry will not be in Cleveland by the end of the year. That is my prediction because, like Zach said, Jarvis Landry is probably going to be getting a lot of balls thrown his way. And, I mean, we saw how Antonio Brown complained about that last year when Juju was getting all the balls thrown to him. And Odell is basically the same way. <laughs> He's going to start stirring up trouble. Then it's going to you know, cause trouble with Baker Mayfield. And I think it would be in their best interest to, even though it's like a great, they are star receiving core. I mean, there's two guys that you, I would, you would want on any team if it wasn't for the drama. But if you just took their skill sets, then yeah, no question. You'd want these two guys, but with the drama, I, I would think it'd be in their best interest to try and trade one of them and get something for it because I don't think the personalities are going to clash well. And if they do stick around, like if they don't try and trade them, one of them's going to end up getting released or signed by another team or traded or something before the end of the year, because it's not going to work. So that's why I have them finishing second. But I, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they won the division. I wouldn't be surprised if they crashed and burned too. I don't think they're going to be worse than Cincinnati, but I could definitely see them finishing in that third place realm of the division. And I do think I'm, I'm with Zach also. I do think the drama is going to outweigh the talent. If you couldn't tell by what I was just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you also couldn't tell since I'm the one that has, I'm the one that has the Browns finishing the lowest uh, in the division. I also feel the same way. It kind of reminds me what, I mean, if they are able to put it together and stay drama free, then I think this team wins the division. But as I mentioned earlier, I trust the Steelers to get over the potential issues they have more than I trust the Browns to get over this potential issue with the drama. It kind of reminds me, I can't remember which season it was. I want to say it was like maybe 2010 or 2012. I could be off on this, but it was that year when the Eagles got like a whole bunch of talent in the off season and everybody was, like, calling it. They're like, Eagles to the Super Bowl, Eagles to the Super Bowl. And they did so bad that year. I wish I uh... – Well, wasn't it, like, Michael Vick's, like, second year or something there? I think I know what you're talking about because it was the – like, they were coming off Michael Vick's first year there, and he played, like, super well. And then – Yeah, they brought yeah. in, like, Sproles, and, and they had D-Jax and, and some other – big names too I want to say uh, like the running back with Ryan Matthews I want to say was yeah. there well um, the Sean McCoy was there 
Yeah, Shady was there. Yeah, yeah. so. Yeah, so I yeah I don't remember the um, year it was, but I'm I'm trying to find it right now as I'm kind of talking about it. But okay, so yeah, it was 2000. It was 2011. So I remember one of the players that got was Nandi Asamoa from. Oh the yeah, yeah. He, he was supposed <laughs> to be like the best corner in the league, and he got this like really uh, ridiculous. Uh, contract it's not showing like who else this website particular website i'm on right now it's not showing um everybody else that they signed that year but they brought in a bunch of players and every and everybody just assumed oh they got this pro bowler and they got this high draft pick and they got this guy and they're gonna win the super bowl and i feel like a lot of people are doing the same thing with the browns when they got odell beckham and olivier vernon and i think they're just assuming that because of the talent that they're going to, you know, be a great team. And I mean, and they're another team like the Bengals that I've like a team that like, if they were to win, like I'd be okay with it. Cause like, I actually do, even though I've grew up in Jacksonville, I actually do know a couple of Cleveland Browns fans. And as a fan wow. of, as a fan <laughs> of, it's crazy. Yeah. This, uh, <laughs> one of the students I had at the school that I worked at, his granddad who, brought him and picked him up every day he's from cleveland so he's like fan of all cleveland sports so uh he's the main one i know uh he probably doesn't even know this podcast exists but mr daryl if you're listening to this shout out to you because this could be the you know this could be the year that maybe the browns you know turn it around but another reason why i've always just kind of secretly pulled for him is just because you know they had so many seasons where they've been so bad and obviously as a jaguars fan i've gone through the same thing so like you know, they're a team that, like, I would like to see them, you know, be good. Like, if my Jags aren't doing good, I'd be totally fine if the Browns were. But I, I do have the same concerns that you guys have about the drama, and I just don't know. But like I said, I think if they can avoid the drama issues and everybody stay cool with each other and if they can somehow, like, <laughs> form a good chemistry, then I think they win the division. But I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, uh, this is one of those things that this division is so unpredictable between these top three teams, but like we all said, like we think the Bengals are going to finish last. That's like a, that's a foregone conclusion, but, uh, now we're going to get into the, uh, the part of the show. It's going to be Connor's favorite part of, uh, probably all these (laughs) podcast (laughs) episodes, uh, that we've had up to this point, but uh, we are, you know, going on to the Steelers, which is his favorite team. And I've prepared about seven questions here to ask him, and I'll get his answer and, and his reply to him. And then after that, if he wants to touch up on anything, uh, he'll, you know, have the platform to do that. And uh, Eric and I, we've kind of, I agree with Eric on the reasoning why I think that the Steelers will finish first is that. You know, I think they got rid of their issues, whereas I think Cleveland's bringing in issues. And they're still a, a solid team, you know, even after losing those two guys. And they never really could win playoff games with them anyway. So I don't really see it as that big of a loss when it never really worked out to begin with. But uh, but here's the first question for Connor. I've been not. I've not been prepped on these, by the way. So this is all improv. Oh yeah, this this is going to be impromptu. He he knows this question, but uh, the other six he doesn't know. 
So I'll put it on the uh, the slideshow thing here so we can go through. But so who wins the backup quarterback job between Josh Dobbs and Mason Rudolph? And then will they keep three quarterbacks, or is the loser of this battle going to be on the practice squad? Yeah, so I think as of right now, I think Josh Dobbs is probably still going to be the backup quarterback. I mean, I know the latest preseason game we had, Dobbs didn't play great, and Mason Rudolph actually did pretty decent. So there were some of these articles coming out talking about, oh, well, maybe Mason Rudolph has moved ahead of Dobbs on the list now, but I don't see that as reality because, well, one Dobbs is a bit more experienced. He's got more pre more preseason experience, which I know doesn't count for much, but it's still experience. And also because Dobbs actually has in-game experience. I can't remember what game it was, but this past season, the Steelers, like Roethlisberger went down with, it was a very minor injury. Like he came back a series later or, you know, a couple downs later but Dobbs basically had to come in and run the offense for uh, like three downs. And they got to a crucial third down where it was like, they need to convert this. Cause I think the Steelers, I don't know if we were losing, but it was a really close game. And it was like, they need this third down and Dobbs made a crucial pass and converted the third down. So, and he came in and he handled the pressure and got it done. So I think that's where Dobbs gets elevated over Rudolph, just the in-game experience. Whereas Rudolph has yet to see the field in a regular season game. So, yeah, I think Dobbs is going to win the backup job. I do think they're going to keep all three quarterbacks because there's also a fourth-string quarterback that the Steelers have right now that is, you know, trying out. And I know Roethlisberger's advocating for him a lot, but I don't see any way that he stays on the roster. I think they're going to dump him into the practice squad. And I do think they're going to keep both of them, though, because if there is a situation where Roethlisberger goes down, I think it's good to have options. You know, and pretty well every team in the league keeps three quarterbacks these days, except for New England. I think New England's really the only team that consistently only keeps two. So I think it's going to be good for them to keep Dobbs and Rudolph, and I think Dobbs will win the backup job. All right. Well, uh, Eric and I will both both like the answer to that because you know Dobbs is a Tennessee guy, so we're always rooting for him. Uh, so I hope he gets his chance uh, eventually. All right, and then the next question here is going is a question that I kind of saw it on Twitter where they somebody posted the worst, what team is the worst at each position group? So they go through all the position groups, and the question and for the safeties, the person said that the Steelers uh, had the worst safeties. Um, I don't know why it doesn't say that on here, but. That's what the question is. <laughs> you might want to go out of the PowerPoint really quickly. <laughs> Maybe it says it on the slide. No, I because I just copied and pasted these slides, so I just forgot to edit the uh, the text. Uh, but but okay. that that's the question. Just ignore the text. But the pictures there. Uh, so, I, and I was kind of a little. I was a little bit surprised by that as being the worst. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts on that, and if you believe that or not. If I believe that our safeties are our biggest weakness. Uh, well, no, it's not the biggest week. Do you think that they have the worst safeties in the NFL? Because that's what oh, they, yeah. No, no, okay. I don't agree that we have the worst safeties in the NFL. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure I probably can't name them, but I'm sure the safeties on like Tampa Bay and, yeah. you know, Miami and stuff are probably worse. I mean, I'm not saying they're, I, they, they're definitely probably lower tier. I'm, I won't argue that. I mean, Sean Davis has 
there's been question marks around him as to whether he's going to keep his job or not. But it's one of those things that we don't really have anybody else to be in that position. So we kind of just have to roll with him. And I mean, Terrell Edmonds is still developing. So I don't really, I mean, Sean Davis is developing too. They're both young players. I mean, I think Davis was drafted a couple seasons before Edmonds. So, but obviously Edmonds is only in his second years and he didn't even expect to start last year. Going back to when I was talking about Morgan Burnett, we had brought in Morgan Burnett to fill that role and or to be the starting strong safety, not free safety, strong safety, because they moved Davis over to free safety. But we brought him in to be the starter and he was immediately hurt. So Edmonds basically ended up starting every game. And, you know, they talk about with the Steelers, the secondary is always the weakness. And, yeah, I think the safeties are they're lower tier, but they're definitely not the worst in the league. OK, yeah, I mean. Because I had a couple other, there were a couple other things on that position group that I was, uh, that I didn't agree with. So I figured that I wouldn't agree with this one either. Um, and then the next one here is, do the Steelers upset New England in Week One? What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something that I would certainly like to see. I mean, we played New England in the opener a few seasons ago, and. I remember that was the game we were without Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams started. And we, that was actually a really competitive game. And I remember being a little upset because it was so close and New England pulled it out. But, I mean, if there's any time that we're going to beat them, now is the time. I mean, I know it's going to be tough because it's going to be in Gillette. But obviously the Patriots are notoriously slow starters. I mean, they were 1-2 and two to start the year last year. You know, they won their first game, but then they mm-hmm. or but then they lost to Jacksonville. And then, actually, I think they won their third game, but then they lost the fourth one. So, if there's any time, it's going to be hard, again, because it's at Gillette. And since it's the opening night, the Patriots are going to be having their ceremony where they're, like, unveiling their Super Bowl banner and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> all this stuff. So, everybody's going to be hyped about that. But, I... There's a chance. I'm not going to lock it that it's going to happen, and I'm not going to say it's not going to happen, but I'd give it maybe, like, on a confidence scale, I'd be, like, 45% confident that we're going to do it. I'm not sure, because we're going to be, obviously, the offense is going to be, <clears throat> offense is going to be different, and obviously, being at Gillette for that first game is going to mm-hmm. be tough, so I'm not, <clears throat> I will give the Patriots still a slight edge but I definitely think it can happen. Okay. All right, we'll move on to the next one here. Uh, do you think Ben Roethlisberger is going to be in MVP discussion? And if he is, you think? do you think he has a realistic shot of being the MVP? Um, I don't think so this year. I mean, last year, it's too bad because he could have been in the discussion had he cut down on his interceptions. I mean, I know early in the year, I mean, obviously nobody expected Patrick Mahomes to do what he did, but he would have been in the, in the discussion last year had he not thrown so many interceptions with that 5,000-yard season. So, But I don't think so this year. I think the pieces on the – I think the offense is going to be more of – he's going to be – I think he's going to be passing the ball less this year because he passed the ball so much last year. I think Steelers were like number one in the league for running empty sets last year. So, and I think the, our rushing offense was like 31st last year. So I think that's going to change because, because we have the committee now with James Conner and Jalen Samuels, if they're both healthy, you know, because Conner, he can't be in every down back. He proved that last year, but with Samuels, I think that's a deadly duo. So 
Roethlisberger's not going to have to throw the ball much, and he's not going to be as directly tied to the success. Because last year it was pretty much all him, the reason mm-hmm. why we got as far as we did. Whereas this year, I don't think that's going to be the case. So I don't think Ben will be in the MVP discussion. I think he'll still put up really good numbers, but not the kind of numbers that's going to get you into that MVP discussion. Okay. It's Mike Tomlin on the hot seat. <laughs> as, as much as all the fans want him to go, I highly doubt it. I don't think so. Because, I mean, the, the, we have not had a losing season under him since he's come to Pittsburgh. And I know Pittsburgh, it's an organization of stability. I mean, ever since 1969, when we hired Chuck Knoll, the Steelers have had three head coaches in that whole time span. It was Chuck Knoll, Bill Cowher, and now Tomlin. So, I mean, unless for some reason the Steelers start just absolutely tanking for, you know, unforeseen reasons, Tomlin is definitely not on the hot seat in the eyes of the organization. The eyes of the fans... I know a lot of the fans think he's on the hot seat and think he should go, but in the eyes of the organization, he's not at all yeah. on the hot seat. Yeah, because uh, and, 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 just with the way yeah, AD kind of treat, you know, how he got away with all this stuff. I my thing with Tomlin is I I think he's a good coach, but I feel like he's not he's he doesn't hold his players accountable as much as other coaches do. Is my critique of him. Yeah. But, well, and so and. Just so, I mean, I completely disagree with all the fans that are calling for his head. I mean, mm-hmm. it's one of those things yeah. that who else would you want? I mean, who mm-hmm. else are you going to get? And there's this guy here who has not had a losing season in the whole time he's been here. So I don't see the logic in all in firing him, despite all the fans wanting them to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you talked about the backup running back things with, uh, with you know, the running back situation. Do you think Benny Snell uh, could be a fantasy sleeper behind Connor and then Samuels is going to be in the mix? But Benny Snell is a guy from Kentucky who I want to say was the SEC Offensive Player of the Year last year, or if he wasn't, he was the year before, a four-year guy at Kentucky. I'm sure he Mm -hmm. holds all their records and stuff. He was dominant at Kentucky. He was a mid-round draft pick this year as a rookie, but I know that rookie running backs get a lot of attention. Uh, no matter where you're drafted, you're going to get a chance to play. So what do you think uh, his, you know, fantasy production is going to be like? Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I think Jalen Samuels is probably more like, I don't know if Samuels is as much of a sleeper, but mm-hmm. like, I think Samuels is one of those guys that you could, you know, maybe pick up in a really late round as kind of like a backup running back that could turn out to, you know, do really well. I don't think so as much with Benny Snell. I mean, I know they like him, but given the fact that it's kind of established now that it's going to be a tandem with Connor and Samuels, I don't think Benny Snell is going to see the field a whole lot, barring barring an injury to James Connor or Jalen Samuels. So I don't think he's going to be too... uh, I don't think he's going to be a viable option in fantasy. I don't okay. even, not even worth, I think Jalen Samuels is more that really late round draft pick that you'd want to get rather than Snell. Okay. And then the defense, like Connor said earlier in the episode, had 52 sacks last year and tied for first place in the NFL with sacks. Do you think that they can continue that, uh, that, you know, have 52 sacks or lead the league? Do you think that's going to happen or do you think that production is going to drop? 
no, I think absolutely they could lead the league in sacks again. I mean, no, the whole sack party is coming back, basically. I mean, we have all the same pieces, Stephon Tuitt and Cameron Hayward on the line. T.J. Watt's obviously a, pro, a perennial pro bowler. I mean, you know, it kind of got snubbed last year. I don't know why he didn't get in the pro bowl last year. I think, mean, oh, maybe he did because he was an alternate. But, <laughs> like, on the, when the first ballot came out, he wasn't on it. Yeah. I was like, how can you not include T.J. Watt on that? Uh, but Dupree's kind of coming into his own. It was good for him that they switched into the other side because he was originally playing on T.J. Watt's side. But when they brought in Watt, you know, it was like, okay, give him what he wants because he's supposed to be the guy. And mm-hmm. Dupree's actually done a lot better on the other side. I mean, you know, if T.J. Watt's drawing double teams, then it's open for Dupree to get to the quarterback. And so, yeah, I think for sure they could, you know, still lead the league in sacks. And who knows, maybe Devin Bush can also, you know, rush effectively. He's going to be more so for, you know, stopping the run and everything. But I do think they can do it again. I I don't see any other defenses aside from maybe, you know, there's like Jacksonville and Denver that have, you know, big sack machines on their team. But I don't think there's – I think the Steelers could definitely do it again. Okay. And I guess that was the last one. So, <laughs> yeah, so I didn't know how long these questions were going to be, how long they were going to take, but uh, they covered different parts of the team, different things that I'd heard uh, about the Steelers. But I'll let you kind of, I'll pull up the hour lads here if you want to use that, but I'll let you kind of give your closing thoughts on, on your team for this year. Yeah, well, the. It's mainly going to be offense really because we talked about the defense. Um, but on the offense, I think, well, first of all, I've got to mention that I know this this offensive line, this is going to be, you know, good for obviously Connor and Samuels. That this offensive line is one of, if not the best in the line, in the league. I mean, Pouncey and DeCastro have been pro bowlers multiple times. Villanueva has been a pro bowler and Foster both open pro bowlers. Foster kind of brings like that veteran mentality to the offensive line. And if nothing else, Villanueva is huge. I mean, the guy's like six, nine, <laughs> 300 pounds. So, mm-hmm. and then we do have a new right tackle this year in Filer, but Filer has been on the team. He's been on the line before. I was pretty happy. We got rid of Marcus Gilbert just because he's been so injury prone the last couple of years and hadn't really played at all. So, that, but, yeah, this offensive line is top-notch, so it's going to be good for Connor, and obviously it's going to help Ben have time to throw. Um, but then the biggest question that you didn't ask me that I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are wondering is the wide receiver question, is can Juju be the number one receiver now? And honestly, I think he can. I mean, he <clears throat> they threw – he obviously got the majority of the balls last year because Brown was drawing double teams – but I think he has the skill set to be a number one wide receiver. I mean, he's still growing as a player. I mean, this is only his third season in the league. He's only 22 years old or whatever. So I think he can. And also, there's, the Steelers have decent pieces around him. I like the pickup of Moncrief. I know he didn't do too good in Jacksonville last year, but I remember watching him when he was opposite T.Y. Hilton in Indianapolis, and he did a really good job there. I've heard a lot of good things about Deontay Johnson. One thing I do think that's going to change on this depth chart is I don't think James Washington's going to be the number three wide receiver, so to speak. I think he's probably going to be gone by the end of the year because wow. they draft because they drafted him last year to be that third guy to Juju and Antonio Brown, mm-hmm. and he just 
didn't perform at all. I mean, he even got benched one game because they wanted him to, you know, sit on the bench and maybe reevaluate or, you know, use that as motivation. And he still came back and was flat. So I don't think James Washington's going to be that high on the depth chart. I think Deontay Johnson's going to move ahead of him because I've been hearing a lot of good things about him. And yeah, I think Juju can do it. It's going to be tough for him, but I think the Steelers with, you know, Ryan Switzer and Moncrief and Johnson around him, I think Juju can make it happen. Um, but if I had to come to my whole final conclusion on the Steelers this year, I mean, I don't think, as much as I hate to say it, I don't think this is a Super Bowl contending team yet. Um, I mean, maybe, obviously, Roethlisberger doesn't have too many years left in so it needs to happen sooner rather than later because once he's gone, it's not gonna. They're not gonna be in contention for sure anymore. So I think this year is gonna be a good stepping stone. I do still think they'll win the division, but I think there are teams in the AFC right now, namely like Kansas City and uh, New England, and possibly if Andrew Luck is fully healthy again, Indianapolis that I think are better than the Steelers right now. So I don't think they're a Super Bowl contending team just yet. Maybe next year they will have all the pieces together since everything has been flipped on its head this year with the absence of Brown and Bell. So I would probably give them, I think they could possibly make it to the AFC Championship game, but then I think they'll probably lose that to either Kansas City or New England or one of those other teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's... Uh... That's interesting. Uh, I know Moncrief was really frustrating last year for for Jacksonville. So <laughs> I, I so I guess he's been like you've heard good things about him uh, with the Steelers or yeah. I mean he's he's just he's he, he's not going to light the world on fire again, mm-hmm. but he's just going to be a good opposite to him. I mean, there's going to be a yeah. lot of rotation there as to who's going to the second guy is going to be. I don't think there's a defined second receiver yet, yeah. but. There's, you know, the receivers, the interchangeable ones that can step up. It's kind of like in basketball with, like, the Toronto Raptors we were talking about way back when. Mm-hmm. You know, Kawhi Leonard was the guy, and but every game it seemed to be, like, a different second guy that would yeah. step up. I think that's going to be the same way. Like, Juju's the guy, but every game there's probably going to be a different second receiver that between Moncrief, Johnson, and Switzer that really steps up. Yeah, and... And another thing that was really shocking, uh, well, there's two things that when you answered all these questions that I was kind of uh, surprised to hear about was one, James Washington here about, you know, he he's he was only a rookie last year and this is his second year. But the fact that, you know, he's already going way down the depth charts, not good. Uh, and I was kind of surprised about that because I thought he was going to end up being a top guy for him especially with Antonio Brown leaving. And then uh, the second thing was earlier when we talked about uh, Dobbs and Rudolph. uh, I don't know. I feel like most teams are starting to go away from three quarterbacks, and I think they're trending towards two quarterbacks now. Uh, I mean, I know the Jaguars have done that. I feel like some other teams have two, and then they have, like, their young guy on the practice squad for them. But... um, but I know every team's different, but so, but I guess if they do keep three quarterbacks, you know, that takes up a position somewhere else, which teams might not like. But if that third guy they feel like is too valuable to leave on the practice squad, 
which in this case I, I do agree with you. I think between all three of these guys, I think it's, you know, I think it's they're all valuable enough to keep on the main roster safe from other teams potentially picking them up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I haven't, I didn't research or know anything about Devlin Hodges, but uh, <laughs> I came up. <laughs> Uh, uh, so burgers advocating for him, but I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. So, Eric, you got, you got any thoughts on uh, on this Q&A with Connor here? Uh, I mean, I don't really have anything else to add. I mean, I I thought Connor gave a lot of great you know answers. And, you know, if you're listening to this as a Steelers fan, you know, hopefully you feel, you know, more knowledgeable about your team. Or if you're listening to this as a – fan of one of the rivals you have some more information mm-hmm. to like look out for <laughs> you know, uh, however you feel about that but uh yeah no i mean uh, as i've stated stated earlier i mean i i feel the steelers are going to win the division i mean as a person who doesn't like the steelers i would be fine if it doesn't happen <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but i i just think logically that i think they have the best team they have a good track record i just I feel most confidently to say that they will be the best team in the division. Although, as I said, just with the, this is just a crazy division in terms of the fact with the top three teams, it's just so hard to predict where any of the top three teams could finish. I mean, it it could definitely, this is a perfect example of it could go any specific way, but I, I still think the Steelers are the best team, though, and in this division. So that, that's why I've got them finishing first. Yeah, the, the uh, I want to say for the AFC before we go on to current events, uh, we've been doing the episodes. I think in chronologically getting to be more uh, entertaining and more, you know, open up in the air because the East is, you know, the first place one is set. You can debate the other ones, but we know the first place. And then the West, you know, between the Chargers and Chiefs, that was a battle. Um, we all ended up taking the Chiefs. And then this one, there were three teams that, you know, we between all of us that you could say have an argument. Uh, and then Mark when Mark. we get to the South, sorry, one, one second. Uh, when we get to the South, I think any four of those teams could win. So it's, it's really, you know, getting better and better as we go along. Well, and like you mentioned at the beginning with, you know, just looking at how our lineups or, or our predictions for the division were. I mean, for the AFC East, we all had the same first and last. Like, we all had New England and Miami, but yeah. obviously, and then, like, different second. I was, well, I mean, three of us had the same one. I was the only one who went different. And then, obviously, for the West, yeah. we all four had the same lineup. Mm-hmm. So, now that we're actually getting into divisions where we've got different lineups again, it's pretty, yeah. pretty, pretty good. Yeah, we don't, you know, at, we're going to remember this stuff. This isn't just going to be, like, deleted and forgotten. Like, we'll bring this <laughs> we'll bring this back up at the end of the season, see see how each of us did with these predictions. Uh, and, and I can't wait for the one next week. That's going to be fun with talking about the AFC South. But uh, we'll move on to the current events section. The XFL here. Um they revealed their names and logos. I don't know what's going on with this website here. It was it? Just, <laughs> okay, here it is. Um, uh, it went away. Uh, but oh no, it's back. The <laughs> uh, computer hates you right now. Yeah. Come on, so on, ESPN. They, yeah. So I mean, nothing like you know crazy or anything. It's just the team names and logos were released today. 
Uh, I thought these were an interesting group of names because there's some pretty weird things like uh, battle hawks and stuff. And then there's a you know the team that like one in every three colleges mascots are the wildcats. Like it is kind of weird seeing that, but it's definitely some some cool things here. I you know unlike Eric, I know he had that XFL is going to be trash tweet. I'm actually a little I'm actually excited for it because I in my opinion more football is never a bad thing and this is going to be kind of the in the off season of the NFL is when this league is going to run so and then also I do live in Tampa Bay so uh, actually it's just called Tampa there's no actual geographic Tampa Bay name so that's always something that's kind of bothered me. Like there is no Tampa Bay; it's just called it's the city of Tampa. But they always put the bay in there. So I'm going to be excited for the Vipers. Uh, you know, with the AAF, there was an Orlando team, but uh, I don't know. I just never really followed. I never really followed the AAF that much. Um, but with the Vipers, I you know I'll I'll watch the draft. I'll see what it's all about. I you know I'm optimistic. I'm for it. So. Well, and unlike these two guys, I don't have a team anywhere near me, because at least Eric living in Texas has a choice between the Renegades and the Roughnecks. But, I mean, I guess, if I I was talking about this earlier, I guess I'll adopt the D.C. Defenders as my team, just because they're probably, I think they're geographically the closest to me, so closer than the Vipers. So, I guess I'll go with the D.C. Defenders, and who knows, maybe uh, I was talking to these uh, these guys before the podcast about Landry Jones being the first <laughs> signing by the XFL former yeah. Steelers backup. So maybe, knows, maybe, maybe Land- the team he goes yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to root for wherever Landry Jones goes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I, I'm excited for the different rule changes. Cause it's going to be, cause obviously the AAF was basically for the most part, the same as the NFL. I mean, they had the kickoff difference and you know, they had the every, you, there was no extra point. It was just all two-point conversions. But the XFL actually has a lot of different rule changes that are going to come into play. So it's going to be, if nothing else, it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah, I guess for me, it's the closest team to me is the Houston Roughnecks, but it kind of sucks because out of the eight team names, I kind of hate that one the most i guess it's like well, it's like rednecks yeah it's kind of funny it almost looks like an oilers logo in a way it kind yeah. of does like so and since susan's a cowboys fan in dallas maybe i should just be a dallas renegades fan i don't know i'm still torn <laughs> uh, <laughs> join the vipers man join the vipers <laughs> no way bro no way bro i got, got, got it Got to pick one of my Texas teams. I just I will say, going by the logos, I like the Guardians. I think the best, uh, or Dragons. Yeah, yeah. The dragon, the Dragons logo is pretty good. I actually kind of like the DC Defenders logo. Maybe I'll join Connor and. That. <laughs> I don't know. I guess like the LA Wildcats and the Vipers are probably my least favorite of the logos. But yeah, in terms of the names, the. Roughneck name. I just, oh man, that sounds so weird. I don't know. I <laughs> that, that geographically they're the closest, so I don't know. I'll, I'll have to figure this out. Well, you got some time before the season yeah, starts. It's and not then... like they're starting tomorrow or anything. Yeah. So I got yeah, time. So, yeah. So, so that was news today, and then uh, oh, 
Connor, he Connor brought this story to my attention, so I'll let him discuss what happened here with this. Yeah, so uh, looks like Brandon Copeland from the New York Jets has been suspended for four games for PEDs. Apparently, I read like a his I guess it was an Instagram post. I thought it was a tweet, but it says here it was an Instagram post. He said that like. I mean, you kind of hear this all the time, where it's like, oh, I took such and such, and I had no idea there was a banned substance, and blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell who's telling the truth and who's lying. But according to him, he had no idea he was taking it. So, I don't know. But, I mean, this is just kind of, going back for me, just kind of adding on to why I think the Jets are going to finish third instead of second in the AFC East. Just because all these things keep coming out. You know, stuff happening to the Jets. I mean, first with Canton Zero and now with Brandon and Copeland getting suspended for four games. Uh, things are not looking on the bright side, but I mean, it's, and it keeps going on with these players that are, you know, there's been a lot of players that have been getting uh, suspended for banned substances. And, it, and it's, uh, and it's a lot of, it's not about, you know, it's not in the sense where these players are getting banned and like, you know, they're knowingly, or at least admitting that they're knowingly taking banned substances. There's been a lot of this, like, and I don't know how people should move forward with this, if maybe they should do a little bit more investigating on this matter. I don't know. But, I mean, obviously, since Copeland said that he will everybody's going to appeal the suspension. I don't think I've heard a single NFL player that's been suspended that hasn't appealed it. Exactly. So. I brought you know, you always have to mention that. Oh, they're, yeah. They're always like, oh, well, they're going to appeal the suspension. Like, well, duh. Like, who wouldn't? <laughs> who wants to be suspended? So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that's another interesting story coming out there about something happening to the Jets. And it's funny, um, too, he hinted that he would appeal. Like, why not just go on <laughs> and say that, you, that I'm appealing it? Like, oh, I might. Like, that's not going to change Maybe. Oh, man. All right. All right. Yep. And then to our uh, weekly NASCAR update here, uh, Dan, I got, Eric, I guess, didn't make a DraftKings lab. I didn't ask him before, but I'm guessing he uh, didn't. I haven't done one in, like, a month. Or be like yeah, two, yeah, yeah. The last podcast I was in was, like, at least – two or three weeks ago it's been since i've done one i just haven't had time to pay attention to it uh but yeah so the, the ever famous uh, night race at bristol motor speedway won by denny hamlin uh denny hamlin seems to be getting hot as of late he's won a I, well this is the first race he's won but he's had a lot of top five and top tens recently another shout out he didn't he never tweeted back at me when i tweeted at him oh, but Matt to benedetto <laughs> Finishing second in the race, I mean, I feel bad for him because he actually led the most laps in the race. And I mentioned in the last episode, you know, at this point now, there's only two races left before the playoffs. And DiBenedetto's just been on this tear as of late. I mean, top tens, top fives, you know, all on the last few races. But unfortunately for him, since he had such a slow start to the season, the only way that he's going to make the playoffs now is if he wins a race. And to, to become so close to winning the race. I mean, I actually, I saw the last couple of laps and he was hunting down Denny Hamlin. He was trying to get around him, but he just couldn't. So to be that close and for it to slip out of your grasp has got to be agonizing. Um, and then obviously the uh, the other names that are at the top, you know, Kislowski, Kyle Bush, you see them at the top all the time. Um, Clint Boyer being up in seventh is good for him. He's kind of fallen out of the playoffs right now. He's one place out. Same for Jimmy. Jimmy Johnson had another poor outing, so it's possible that the seven-time champ could end up missing the playoffs this year. 
because he finished in like I think it was twenty, yeah, nineteenth. I thought it was twentieth, but he finished nineteenth, and he's you know he's going to have to have a really good showing the last two races if he wants to make it. So. I mean, and I think it would be the first time that Jimmy Johnson has missed the chase in, like, his career since they came up with the chase. It'd be, like, the first time he's ever missed it. So, yeah, that's the weekly NASCAR update coming yep. out. So, uh, so that concludes the uh, current events uh, section of the show. But like I said, like you said at the beginning now, uh, Eric is going to do the drawings for the... Uh, for our Clutch Crew Sports Fantasy League, so he's going to yeah. get his video on whenever he's ready. Uh, Here's some shuffling me. going around. <laughs> it's actually not me. I don't, I don't know. Connor, are you doing something? No. That wasn't me, so I don't know. What... Uh, okay, so some... There's a ghost. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, there's a movie about this. So some ghost is going to jump out my screen and kill me. Like, I don't... Yeah, there's actually a movie where all doing... these people are on a Skype call, and there's, like, you know, something going on. <laughs> Oh god! I think it's called like <laughs> Unfriended or something. I don't. Know. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was an interesting film, but uh, that's my. Well, I, I don't know if I'd really recommend it. But I guess a movie discussion. <laughs> episode, but yeah, and this, I guess, this is actually going to be my first time on camera with uh, with the uh, podcast. So for anybody, you see Eric's face. <laughs> if you're listening to this and you don't already know me. You'll get to see what I look like. So. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> All right, here we Brace go. Yourself. Okay. All right, here I am. My lighting's not the greatest, so. Uh, uh, it's weird because I can see myself on my screen, but then I can also see myself on Zach's screen, so. <laughs> not, uh, this is really weird. Okay, so first I've got myself, Connor, uh, Nate, and Zach all in one hat so we're going to draw to see which two podcasters go in which division so eric and i already have a name for our division if we end up in the same yeah. division. so share the name connor if me and you end up being in the same division so, together so, yeah so if eric and i get to be the same division we're going to be the division is going to be called the ranting current events <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly exactly okay so division one has let's see if i can get this wrong on the camera. i can't really see it See that? Uh, my See lighting's this. not very good. Nate. Oh, Nate. 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 Okay. Yeah. Sorry, <laughs> right, this is gonna be weird. Okay. There. Should this so, one be? I guess this one would be the fir first one for Division Two, so we make it more interesting. I guess. Oh, okay. So Nate's in Division One, then Division Two. Okay, so gonna... Division Two is me. I don't know if you I can can't, see. I... I, I can't, can't see, see it, but we trust you. Oh, there it is. Yeah, okay. There it is. Yeah, <laughs> there there <it> goes. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So joining Nate in Division One. Better be Zach. Someone, someone, <laughs> someone, write this down. Oh, right. too bad, man. Uh, oh, I keep getting it off the camera. I'm so it's Nate and Connor. Yes. Oh man, we don't get our division name. Boo. <laughs> Yeah, that, well, I'll just have to think of something else. And so then, so Zach, you're going to be with me then. Yeah. Just to prove that I didn't like uh, put Bring in a the lottery. <laughs> a duplicate name. I don't know. It takes the camera a second to. There we go, it. right there. Yep. <clears throat> okay, so now. Oh, crap. I just turned on my PlayStation. I was like, what was that? Okay, I've got everybody <laughs> else. Eric's ready to play 2K. <laughs> yeah, we're playing 2K after this, guys. Okay. So, 
Okay, so division one. Let me. I need to separate these, so I don't. I mean, hope maybe I'll write them down. I'm writing it down. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Honor, and then me and Zach. Okay, so joining Nate and Connor will be my brother-in-law, Paul. Shout out to you, Paul. Thanks for playing with us. So you're going to be in division one. Was he the one that joined? Just on the uh, DraftKings before? Uh, no, that's Robert. But he's in this league. Robert, too. that's right. yeah, that's right. I, I I can't remember. I couldn't remember who it was. Robert's name. By the way, look at this beautiful hat. I mean, look at that. It is. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna mention that, but I thought one of you two was gonna do it. And speaking of Robert, he will be joining myself and Zach over in Division Two, which All right. we. We will get names. So shout out to you, Robert. Thanks for playing with us. All right, let's see. I'm really hopeful I get Alan in my division. Me and Alan have a big rivalry. Okay, <laughs> so oh no, he's not going to be. I just picked him. <laughs> Alan, you're going to Division One, brother. But we'll still play each other. Yeah, everybody plays each other once. But he'll still play each other at least once. So. All right, and then joining Division Two with myself and Zach and Robert. Oh, looks like I'm looks like I'm <laughs> looking at it. Okay, <laughs> is one of my former students' dads who I'm friends with, Brandon, who's play, he played with us last year. Zach, you'll remember him. Yeah, Brandon actually made Brandon made it to the finals last year, and if Todd Gurley hadn't get, gotten hurt, he could have been the winner. So. Uh, Brandon Brandon is very good at fantasy football. So rounding out division one, my friend from, from work who I no longer work with, sadly, Ryan, AKA red. So red, welcome back to the league. Reds. This is his second year in the league with us. And so then Zach might be happy about this. And Zach knows him. That means Mark who we've played Madden with, will be in our division. So, Mark, you're going to... down. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the trash talking begins. I'm going to take myself off camera now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still salty that Eric and I didn't get this, the division name. Yeah, we, we're not going to be the uh, the ranting no. current events, but that's okay. That just means we just have to be creative and come up with something else. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be figured out. So we'll figure out what our league names are gonna be, and as Zach and Connor mentioned earlier, uh, we will record the draft uh, live, so uh, August thirty first. So if you want to, you know, tune in and see who we pick and see who you think's gonna do well, who you think won't do well, uh, you can definitely join us for that. So um, that'll be exciting. Yeah, like yeah, I'm excited for it. Like I said before, uh, we always do a family league with our family, but I've joined Eric and his friends league for the past couple of years, and uh, this is the most excited I've been for this league. Uh, it's always kind of been like an afterthought, the other league, where some, you know, another league to control, but my main focus is the family league. My main focus will still be the family league, but this is going to be really fun, and, and I'm excited for it, so... Um, yeah, so with that being said, guys, uh, this will be the end of the podcast episode. Uh, stay tuned for next week. 
like we've got the the Jags division talk. You know, AFC South. I guess not just the Jags. We got the Texans, the Titans, the Colts too. <laughs> I guess we're talking about teams. the other teams too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, do know, I do know some Texans fans, obviously living here. Oh, yeah. so I'm gonna have to get them to tune into this and see. What I get they a, do. I get a couple of YouTube dislikes. Right. <laughs> um, but we've gotten a random one here and there. I don't know who's been doing that, but it's probably someone that didn't like our rankings. Sorry that sorry that you didn't like our topics. I guess, <laughs> <laughs> or they're just a fan of a team that we put in fourth and they're salty. That could be the case. Oh yeah, that's some possibility. Some, some Cincy fan on this episode, some Miami fan on the East oh, episode, God. probably. You know. If the Cincy fan <laughs> listens to this, <I'm>, so <laughs> you're gonna just figure out. All right, but uh, but yeah. So thank you guys for listening. Stay tuned for next week. We got that in the draft coming up. Uh, this is a pretty fun show. Eric back in the mix here. He didn't disappear. It's been, and yeah, <laughs> I didn't die. <laughs> so, it's all good. Uh, so thanks to everybody for listening and take care. See ya. Peace.